Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, you know, I want to continue our Easter series today uh, as we begin uh, this message and continue our series, There is Hope. You know, I find that today that there are many people that are in need of hope. Uh, in fact, what's happening with COVID-19, the shutdowns, uh, all of the, the economic uh, strains that we have, the job loss that is going on, uh, you know, these kinds of things can lead to discouragement, not to mention the fear uh, of getting sick. And uh, I think there's just a lot of people, and perhaps you today on this Easter are in need of hope. And, uh, and so I want you to know that that's what Easter is all about. It's all about hope. And so as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, I want us to look at the, the words of Jesus' disciples, one of his disciples, a man who followed Jesus and a man who was an eyewitness to the resurrection. That means he was there. He saw it firsthand. And later on when he was writing uh, to some folks, this is what he said about the resurrection of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth, look at this, into a living hope. What's the living hope through? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, that living hope is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And look what it leads into, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance, look where it's kept. It's kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded, that's protection, by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. And in all this, you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have to endure suffering and grief and all kinds of trials. Listen, sometimes we might have to suffer, and that's what we're doing right now, but there is hope. The resurrection gives us hope that this life is not all there is, but that later on there are promises that we have and an inheritance in Jesus Christ, a living hope because we serve a living Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Peter is writing this letter. It's circulating among the churches throughout the regions of Asia Minor. And uh, many of these believers have had to flee. They've had to flee from persecution. They've had to, to escape the persecution of their faith. And that led to what's called the dispersion. One commentator said this, that Peter wrote this letter to encourage believers who were facing trials and persecution under Emperor Nero. Now listen, they were not uh, facing during the first century, they were not being hunted down and killed. However, there were three pressures they were facing. Three pressures. One of them was an economic pressure that they were facing. And it came from three main sources. It came from the Romans, it came from the Jews, and it also came from their own families. And they were misunderstood, they were harassed, they were persecuted, tortured, and put to death. You know, with that being the case, Peter is wanting to give encouragement to these believers who have been scattered and who have been forced to worship together, either in small groups or even in their homes. You know, much like today, we are in our homes. We're in just our families or in small groups and, and trying to stay safe from something that is attacking on the outside. And just like that, these believers, and Peter was writing these believers 
to give them hope and saying, listen, the temporary trials that are found, uh, you know, when you seek Christ and you learn about the resurrection, the resurrection can give you hope and can make a difference. This morning, I want to take a look at some brief appearances that Jesus made following the resurrection and the hope that is offered to those believers that he appeared to. And it's a hope that he offers to us today as well. The first encounter that we find this morning is on that first resurrection Sunday. It, it's right when, when the sun is coming up early in the morning. You see, each of the Gospels has a slightly different view of the day. But when we reach each of them, we get a, a better picture of what was happening in, during the resurrection. On Friday, you know that Jesus had been arrested. He had been put on trial and, and he had been put on the cross. There was a whirlwind of trials that he stood before all kinds of both the, the, the Jewish religious leader council and then again uh, before Pilate. He was unjustly crucified and his followers were distraught and, and they find themselves scattered. They didn't know what to believe. They were afraid that maybe if Jesus was being persecuted, if Jesus was being crucified, that perhaps then uh, they would be looking for them as well. And so they scattered and, and they were bewildered and, and they, they were worried about this. And so they found them placed on that first Easter, these followers of Jesus found themselves hiding away and they found themselves pretty much alone or in, in small groups, similar to where we are on this Easter Sunday. The Sabbath day was Saturday. There wasn't much that was going on. Uh, in fact, you, you couldn't uh, do an execution on the Sabbath day, nor could you bury anyone. So that was what they were trying to hurry the process along, wanting to get it all done on Friday before the Sabbath came together. It was a dark day on that Saturday. But then again, on Sunday morning, there were some who felt compelled. They couldn't stay back any longer. They couldn't rest any longer. And so Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, along with Salome, decided they were going to bring spices. They were going to come and anoint the body of Jesus for burial. They were not expecting Jesus to be alive. And to be honest with you, they haven't really even thought through their plan. Because when they got there, they wondered, who's going to roll the stone away? They hadn't even thought about it. But emotionally, they were just wanting to get to Jesus to be able to anoint his body for burial and give him a proper burial. When they arrived, several different accounts happened and they showed that angels appeared. An angel or angels appeared and, and they, they told them that Jesus was alive. They didn't know what to believe. They were so astonished by what they were seeing that they were told to go back and tell the other disciples, especially uh, uh, Peter, and they said, listen, that Jesus is alive and so they go back and 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 they ran back bewildered they began to tell the disciples what was going on they began to tell peter and john and you know they don't really believe them either they're kind of like we got to go see for ourselves and so peter and john end up going to the tomb and mary begins to follow them there and 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 what we see is is that she follows the disciples and after they have their encounter and they see that jesus is in there and they leave mary stays and this is what it says in John chapter 20, verses 11 and 12. Mary stood by the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over and she looked in the tomb. She saw two angels were seated there. So again, another angelic appearance where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm seeing angels, especially a second time, I'm beginning to wonder what is going on. But Mary is so grieved, she is so brokenhearted, that she still finds this to be quite unbelievable. 
She, she heads back to take this second look after Peter and John, and she still finds herself very heavy-hearted. And she sees these angels where the body was. So how does she react? Well, John chapter 20 picks it up again in verse 13. Then they ask her, woman, why are you crying? She said, they have taken away my Lord. I, I don't know where they have put him. So she's not believing anything she's been told. She still believes Jesus is dead and they've moved him. At this, she turned around. She sees Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And she thought he was the gardener. I mean, she couldn't even see Jesus through her grief. And she said, sir, if you've carried him away, thinking him the gardener, if you've carried him away, just tell me where you put him. Tell me where you put him and I'll go get him. Listen, I don't want to bother you, but I'll go get him. She can't even see Jesus. She is so brokenhearted and, and she is grieving over her loss that the thought that Jesus could be raised from the dead three days later even though angels have told her, even though Jesus is standing right in front of her, her, her grief and her brokenness are not allowing her to be able to see the hope of Jesus' resurrection. John chapter 20 and verse 16, Jesus then said to her, he calls her name, he says, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. You know, it wasn't until Jesus said her name. It wasn't until Jesus said, Mary, that suddenly there was a hope and a realization that Jesus, who had, she had been grieving and looking for, the hope she had been looking for was standing right in front of her. You know what this tells me? This tells me that the resurrection gives hope for the brokenhearted. The resurrection gives hope for the brokenhearted. Today, there are many people that are brokenhearted. Many who are losing loved ones as a result of this coronavirus. Others who are finding themselves losing loved ones who had been struggling in health anyway, maybe in a nursing home or, or maybe at home, and unfortunately, due to all of this, unable to be able to be there with them during the time of their struggle or their passing, and that brings up a lot of grief. Sometimes grief is more than just when somebody is passing away. Sometimes it's the grief of over a job loss. It's the grief over the hopes and the dreams. Maybe you started a business and, and it was just starting to get off the ground. Now all of this and you're seeing and grieving over the death of a dream. Maybe you just had started to pay off your bills and it seemed like you were just starting to get ahead and all of a sudden the economic challenges that we're facing and all of this have led you to say, man, I'm right back to where I started and you find yourself grieving. Well, today I want to let you know that there is hope. Psalm chapter 34, verses 18 and 19 tell us this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but look at this. The Lord delivers him from them all. From them all. God is there for the brokenhearted. He is there in your brokenness. Psalm 147, 3 says he healed the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Listen, Jesus is there for the brokenhearted. And today, maybe you're lonely and you're experiencing the brokenheartedness of simply being lonely. I want to encourage you that Jesus is there for the brokenhearted. You know, this is what Jesus said about himself in a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 61. He said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Isn't that good news? If you're facing an economic challenge, Jesus says, I have good news for you. I'm there for the poor. 
He sent me, look at this, to heal who? The brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty and freedom to the captives. Perhaps in all of this you feel like you're, you're captive. There is hope in the resurrection and recovery of sight to the blind. Liberty for those who are oppressed. You know, today the resurrection gives hope to the brokenhearted. Listen, he came to bind up wounds. In John 20, 18, Mary Magdalene then went to the disciples with this news. Look, she says, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had what all the things he had said. Listen, when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter the resurrection and the hope, even in your brokenness, when you encounter the hope of the resurrection, all of a sudden your tune changes. And you find yourself going and letting others know of the hope that Jesus Christ offers. Some of you are grieving and you're brokenhearted, but you need to get a glimpse of the risen Lord. Lift your eyes from your circumstances and put your faith in the risen Lord. He is the one who gives hope today. The second encounter and appearance that, that we see after comes after this. There's a couple of disciples. We don't know who they are, but they have left Jerusalem and they're on their way to Emmaus. They're walking. They're just kind of talking about all the things that had happened over the weekend and especially that morning the things that the women had come back and reported to the disciples and then Peter and John come back and said Jesus body wasn't there and 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 they're hearing rumors that the soldiers are saying that the disciples came and stole his body away in the middle of the night. and they're just bewildered by all of these things and all of a sudden Jesus comes walking up and uh, and it says in verse 17 that he encounters them in this, that they stood still and their faces were downcast. Downcast, not joyful. Downcast. Again, they're brokenhearted. They're, they're downcast. And Jesus, this stranger, comes up and he pretends that he doesn't know what's going on. I love that about Jesus. He's kind of playing games with them and he pretends that he, he doesn't know what's going on. And he starts asking them, hey, hey, so tell me about this. What, what's happening? Now, I don't know about you, but when you're going through a difficult time and, and you've gone through something... The last thing sometimes you want is to rehash and bring it all back up again. People ask you, well, what happened? Tell us the story. And you're thinking, I have told this story. So I am so tired of telling this story because every time I do, it reminds me of what I've lost. It reminds me of my broken dreams. It re- reminds me of the loss that I've experienced. And, and that's what's happening here. Listen, Luke 24, 21 says this, we had hoped that he, this is what they've hoped, we hoped that he was going to be the one, look at this, to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all of this took place. They had, they had had a hope. And rather than believing that Jesus was the son of God, they saw him as a powerful prophet. He was word indeed. Oh yeah, he's powerful. They had hoped there would be earthly redemption, but that didn't happen. Everything they had followed Jesus. They hoped that he would restore Israel as a nation. He'd hoped that he would restore their their social and economic standing. That that would be improved by hanging out with Jesus. You know, so many of us today are facing economic hardship due to the effects of this virus. We want our freedom back. Our source of income back. and, and, And we want our problems fixed. The future is uncertain. And for some of us, our dreams and and, and, the, and, and the calendar of the future is on hold. We're trying to make sense of all of these changes and all of these challenges. You know, these followers of Jesus were facing the same uncertainties. They were trying to make sense of the turn of events that had just taken place. It happened so quickly and now here they were. And now they hear about these outrageous claims that Jesus isn't in the tomb, that angels are saying he's not dead 
he's a lie. And, and they're just more confused. But Jesus begins to speak to them. In Luke 24, 28, it tells us this, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them and said to them all, in all the scriptures concerning himself. What do we find? What does the resurrection do? The resurrection gives hope when life doesn't make sense. The resurrection gives hope when life doesn't make sense. To them, life wasn't making sense. To us right now, life isn't making sense. But Jesus begins to explain, and he begins to make sense out of a lot of circumstances and pieces that seem to be all over the place. Suddenly, when Jesus enters into the conversation, he begins to make sense when life doesn't make sense. See, that's what the resurrection does. For you and I, when we turn to Jesus in the midst of these circumstances that don't make sense, <laughs> we can begin to see that Jesus puts the pieces together. Jesus puts the puzzle together. Jesus begins to help us make sense. You know, if you follow any kind of social media today or even the media watching on TV, there's a lot of people giving their opinions there's a lot of theories that are out there. There's a, there's a lot of uh, people that have all kinds of thoughts on what's going on, and this is a conspiracy, and these people are out to do this, and this is this, and you can find yourself wondering, you see all these stats, and this stat says this, and this stat says this, and this projection gives this, and oh, we're going we're gonna to see an increase here, oh no, it's going to be flat here, oh, maybe we, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. You know what? You don't have to make sense of all these things. You just need to turn to Jesus. Jesus makes sense when life doesn't make sense. Jesus gives hope when life doesn't make sense. Listen, they, look what happened. They urged him to go along and, and, and to, to stay with them. He was going to go along acting like he was going. They said, just, just stay with us. And, and Jesus breaks bread. And this is what we see, Luke 24, 31 to 32. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, we're not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Listen, Jesus opened up the scriptures. Right now in this time, you need to get close to Jesus. This is not a time to pull away from the Lord. When life doesn't make sense, the resurrection gives hope, but it gives hope when we begin to draw near to Jesus. I want to encourage you, draw near to Jesus. The third encounter that we see happens later on in the evening. We, we find that the disciples are, 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 are nervous. There, there, there are rumors around that they had stolen the body, uh, and, and, and that's been circulating. As a result, they, they had also been around Jesus who had been crucified, and, and, and so they were afraid. There was, there was a lot of fear, so they were, they were holed up uh, together. And all of a sudden, uh, Jesus shows up. And, 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 and in Matthew 28, 13, it tells us about the fear. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while he was asleep. Listen, this is the, the third area. The resurrection gives hope when you're afraid. The resurrection gives hope when we're afraid. You can feel various emotions and fears today. Fear has a way of paralyzing us. It has a way of impacting the decisions that we make and keeps us locked up. But Jesus appears on the scene, John 20, 20. He said to his disciples, and it, 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 he showed him his hands and his side. And when they saw the risen Lord, it says they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. And then look what he does. Jesus comes and he begins to give them a mission. You might feel during this whole time, where is my purpose? What's going to happen? Am I going to have a job? 
this dream seems like it has died. Listen, Jesus renews their mission and renews their purpose. And more than that, he gives them the Holy Spirit. John 20, 21 and 22. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, look at this, here's the mission. I am sending you. And with that, look, it says he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Listen, there is something powerful that happens when we have the Holy Spirit. And when you invite Jesus into your life, he gives you the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you don't have to be afraid. The resurrection gives hope when you're afraid. How do I know that? Because later on in Acts chapter 1, he says to them that you will wait here in Jerusalem. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But listen, you need to wait for you are going to be endued with power from on high. Now, why is this important? Because in Acts chapter 2, all of a sudden, the day of Pentecost comes. The Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. And people are trying to make sense there again. What is going on? But this time, Peter, who was around at the fire when, when Jesus was on trial and had denied knowing Jesus three times, Peter, who had scattered and was holed up with the rest of the disciples, and here they are afraid in this room and locked up. Now all of a sudden, he is standing up, and in Acts chapter 2, he is boldly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because when he understood that Jesus Christ was alive, when he had the resurrection hope and the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of him, he did not have to fear. Listen, friends, the Holy Spirit gives hope and the resurrection gives hope that helps us overcome when we are afraid. If you're afraid today, the resurrection gives you hope. I want to invite you to draw near to Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to draw near to Jesus Christ, for He is the one who gives you hope. Friends, today I know that the resurrection gives hope. There's a lot of uncertainty going on right now. Some of you are grieving loss. Some of you are brokenhearted. Some of you are lonely. Some of you are struggling today. I want to invite you today to draw near to Jesus Christ for he heals the brokenhearted. I also want to tell you that there is hope. If things don't make sense, you will find sense and hope when you draw near to Jesus Christ. There is hope when you're afraid. If you're fearful today, draw near. The resurrection gives hope. And there's hope in his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Listen to this. The resurrection of Jesus gives hope to the brokenness of this world that we can be healed. We can find meaning in the uncertainty and courage amidst the fear. The resurrection of Jesus offers us hope this Easter. And I would love for you to take part in that. I'd love for you to be a part of that hope. I'd love for you to receive Jesus Christ and receive the hope that he offers. In a few moments, I'm going to pray and then the worship team is going to join me up here and we're going to close with one last song. But I want to invite you to invite Jesus into your life today. If you need salvation, maybe you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we're going to pray. I'm going to invite you to pray with me and to invite Jesus into your life. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, we thank you today for the hope of the resurrection. We thank you today for the hope 
that is found in you. Jesus, we invite you into our life. That's right now. That's you. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to restore hope in me. I ask you to heal my brokenness. I ask you, Lord, to make sense of things in life that don't make sense. And I ask you to calm my fear and give me courage in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I want to encourage you. If you prayed that prayer of salvation today, I want to invite you to email us your information, info at painsvilleag.com, and let us know that you made that. Or if you're on Facebook or, or YouTube, you can just write in the comments and let us know. Give us your information. We want to connect with you. Or if you've downloaded our Painesville Assembly of God app, I want to encourage you to, to go down to the Connect tab. There's a decision card there. And I want to invite you to fill that out. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's Word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.